Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela. And I'm Jen. And today we're going to be discussing boundaries Mm. and how we create them, how we keep them in place, and how we have created boundaries in our own lives when it comes to reselling. (laughs) Mm, Really hard to have boundaries in reselling, that's for sure. Absolutely. Uh, We recently had this discussion with our Patreon group and wanted to take this time to share it with all of our listeners and why we think boundaries are critical to your reselling business. All right, friends, grab a chair and we'll see you at the table. This was such a great conversation that we had last night with our group. Um, And I think it really made people like sit down and think like, what is it that I always get hung up on what causes me to have these hangups in my business. And is it something that I can control better on my end? And Jen, you gave some really great examples too. And I think it kind of sparked the idea to create this episode because we had some other things in mind, but um, I think as we're approaching summertime too, Mm -hmm. and people having more time with family and kids being out of school and vacationing, like having a boundaries conversation is really important. I, I really agree with you. I think that a lot of us get really lost, right? In our own entrepreneurial heads, right? Of what we're doing here in our business. Now, not everybody, but I would say the majority of our listeners have a home-based business, okay? So, and even people that have a home-based business, not everybody has a dedicated space, right? right to do this. So sometimes it's literally physically impossible, right? To have some of these boundaries. And I think a lot of us forget, like if we're not thinking about reselling 24 hours a day, seven days a week, like we're not do, we're not, you know, servicing our business the way that we need to be servicing it. Right. And I I think we just constantly are on the go and thinking the next step and what else do I need to do? But we forget that we need to sometimes take steps back and really, look and reevaluate and see like, okay, where can I start creating boundaries for my business? Because we think about boundaries in general, we, we all have boundaries, right? We have boundaries with some of our friends, with our families, with work, with school, whatever it is, right? We all have our boundaries, but I think a lot of us forget to have boundaries too within our business. Yeah. And to start off the episode, I just Googled work boundaries and just a general definition that I found on Google. Anyone could find this and work boundaries are the physical, emotional, and mental limits you create to protect yourself from overcommitting being used or behaving in unethical ways. Now the second, the latter part of that is more so in the workplace, but the overcommitting is so crucial as Mm -hmm. a reseller to realize that we do this all the time as a reseller. I was going to say, speak for yourself behaving unethically. I would yeah, always right. be. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Unethically, I can't say that. Well, I use stock photos. Maybe that's unethical. I don't know. <laughs> Wearing your inventory when you should be selling it. Also unethical. <laughs> yes, basically stealing your own inventory. Okay. Anyway, all the time. We digress. <laughs> yeah, but, but I thought that was a good baseline. So physical, emotional, and mental. Those are the three key components you need to remember when it comes to Perfect. creating boundaries. So we're going to start off talking about the physical boundaries. So physical boundaries are your tangible physical space, where you're working, where your inventory is stored, 
the thrift stores you go to, your car. I mean, all of the places that work, quote unquote, exist in. And when you're an entrepreneur or a reseller, work exists in every physical environment for you. Absolutely. And like I said, some people don't have that luxury of having a space where you can close the door. You know, I did in my business, I did, I was very fortunate where we had an extra room um, and I was able to close the door at the end of the day, you know, and be done. But Daniela, I'd love to hear, you know, your examples because you did actually do this. You lived in a one bedroom apartment for many years. You rang your business out of it. And I remember you literally photographing in your bedroom right? Yeah. And doing a lot of this. So talk to me about like, how were, how did you set up some physical boundaries for yourself, for your business? Um, hmm. I don't think I had good physical boundaries. I don't think I mm. could. So I think in the beginning, when I first started reselling, so um, like Jen said, it was in a one bedroom apartment, it was about 700 square feet for three years. So we sold our house and we were going to wait like a few months and get something else, wait for the market to calm down, which never happened. It just progressively (laughs) got worse. Um, So we were there for a while. And um, so I started reselling while I was in this space. And when I first started, I was just pulling things from my closet. I maybe bought a couple things here and there, but like I didn't actually feel the need to create any sort of boundary because everything was just kind of the same. It was maybe one tote that I had at the time. Then things started progressing. And when they started progressing, the only way for me to hide, quote unquote, hide my inventory was in my bedroom and to put it up against the wall. So every free wall space that we had, there was only two spots that were free. That's where I had totes stacked as high as I could. Mm-hmm. So when we went to bed, it was there and you saw it. When you woke up in the morning, it was there and we saw it. And then it started to creep into my, my little walk-in closet that we had. I had five or six totes stacked over there. I took away my shoe rack so that I could wow. stack totes there. Then it started creeping into the shelving that we had in, in there. So, but it was all on my side. I left Matt's side alone. It wasn't a big mm-hmm. closet, but still like I left his side alone and they only had it on my side. It started getting to the point. This is like probably six months before we were going to move because I was really growing as a reseller where, um, <laughs> Matt was like, I can't live like this. So you need to figure this out because there, so the boundary wasn't even just with myself. It was for him. Yeah. Yeah. And being tough. conscious of like what his boundaries were. So like I, I had to do things I do. I sent a bunch of stuff off to the real reels and things to throw it up. And I got rid of quite a few totes in preparation of moving too. But like I, there was no separation. It was very hard to have like, I didn't, I couldn't close the door and it'd be done. I walked, mm-hmm. it was my bedroom. I photographed in my bedroom. I did everything in my bedroom. I shipped in my bedroom. I mean, that was, that was the spot that we did it. Right. That was your reality. Mm-hmm. Right. And now I have this entire space up here and it used to be um, an in-law apartment, but it's um, we're eventually going to connect it all and there'll be an extra like playroom, bedroom, whatever kind of space. Right. But this is huge. It, it's huge. It's got a kitchen. It's got a bathroom, a full bathroom. It's got like a living room and this big bedroom that I'm recording in now. So I don't, I don't see this space when I'm done working, it stays up here and it is what it is. Like, yeah, I don't see it it's blocked off completely. And then when the day comes where we do open it up, it will just end up going into the closets here in this space. And then I'll, I still will never see it. 
It's yeah. completely out of sight, out of mind, which is wonderful, but I do realize it's a luxury and not everyone can have that. So for those who don't have that ability, Jen, let's try to come up with maybe some helpful <laughs> tips or like different things that people can think of um, to, that we can think of to help people create some type of boundary for themselves. And I think the first thing that comes to mind for me without having to spend any money, if you're not in an apartment and you're in a home and you have a basement, I know not everyone has basements where they live, but here in New England, we have basements. I think if I didn't have the space, that's where I would be so that it's completely separated from the general living space. I agree. Or, you know, out here, like we said, in California, you don't really have basements, um, but also the garage, mm. your garage, you know, keeping your totes and your stuff there um, can also be another way to just try not to have it creep into your everyday life. And another tip I definitely would say is to keep a tidy space. Daniela was always actually very good about this, about not having clothes and shipping stuff strewn all across the house. Yeah because that can definitely come to some anxiety, right? Like you, you have piles of clothes sitting everywhere like that. I think, um, can really create a lot of stress Mm -hmm. and creates a lot of chaos, right. In your, in your space. And so it's about trying to keep a tidy space. If you're really tight on, on, on space in general. And what I mean by that is getting yourself totes, you know, like we said, getting the clear totes that you need for your clothing and then also getting some solid totes too, for like your shipping materials. That's usually what I would do too. Right. So like your boxes and all of like your poly mailers, all that kind of stuff, like finding, um, Tupperware container store type of things to help you to keep things organized. Another great um, thing that I used to use is, and everyone has seen these, it's like those three drawer pull out plastic. Oh, like the makeup ones, right? Not the makeup ones, but the ones that are a little bit bigger. Okay. okay. That are like probably about like three feet. Okay. Yeah. Right. Those ones actually, they fit poly mailers perfectly. I used that as like my shipping station for a while where I like literally had like the top one had all my clear poly mailers. The bottom one had like the Trek, you know, or like the pretty poly mailer stuff. And then the bottom one had my scale and all the other things that I need. And it all just sat there nicely out of sight, out of mind kind of yeah. thing. So that would probably be our tips for some physical boundaries, particularly for people who maybe don't have that luxury. Like we said, for those, kind I of was also thinking, um, and I know people don't want to hear this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But (laughs) I'm going to say it anyway, because it's my podcast and I can do what I want. (laughs) (laughs) And it's Friday. Um, But I think it's, it's really important to be realistic about your space and how much inventory you can really have and what your growth is really going to look like. And then figuring out, okay, if I need to make X amount of money every week, every day, every month, what type of inventory should I be bringing in so that I can maximize the space that I have and not have it crowded with a bunch of stuff. And I know people don't want to hear that and I'm really sorry, but I think that's just the reality of it is you need to be able to plan then accordingly. Maybe your average selling price has to be $35. So that means that you've got to now increase 
the, uh, the um, increase the quality of the item that you're finding, being a little more brand conscious. I hate to say that because I know it's not everyone's thing, but I do think that it, that plays a part in it when you don't have a lot of space, like what, or even the type of stuff that you're selling hard goods probably isn't a good pick. You know what I mean? Yeah, or yeah. a lot of shoes, you can do it, but you really can't do it in the volume that maybe you want to do it. You're, you're looking at um, just different categories, easier things to store. If you have an extra closet, great, utilize it. Maybe you do coats and dresses and stuff and you hang them all up and that's where all of that goes. Or maybe you have shelving in your closet that you can use for shoes. Like you have to get a little creative with with the type of inventory that you're selling and mm-hmm. just being realistic about where you are and where you want to be and how you're going to get there. I, I just think these are like really deep personal conversations that you have to have with yourself. Um, there is no right or wrong. I just think that when you're in certain spaces, you, you just have to be a little realistic. Yeah. I, I think you bring up a good point. Like there is no right or wrong and everybody has different limits to what they can handle and what they can't. Right. But I will say that any, almost any reseller that are, that I've reseller that I've spoken with who has no physical boundaries and literally has like stuff in the kitchen, stuff on the dining room table, stuff in, in the bathroom, stuff. They're never happy. I'll be honest with you because, you know, having your workspace creep into every aspect of your life, it really can cause a lot of, um, you know, just, I don't know, just like stress is the best mm-hmm. way I can say it. Just like mental and physical and emotional stress. It really can handle it because then you start like not having any organization. What's in this pile? What's not in this pile? What has been listed? What hasn't been listed? I don't know. So it's really about like organizing your space, managing your expectations too, and trying to figure out ways on how to get things out of sight, out of mind when it comes to your physical boundaries. I think it also causes burnout. Yes. I think if you constantly see piles and piles and piles of stuff everywhere, and there's no distinction between home life and work life, you're never off. Your brain never, I mean, as it is the resell, your brain can't shut off because you have to be glued to an electronic, which is awful, but that's just the way that reselling works. Um, Yeah. So I think that besides the stress, it can cause you to be unmotivated and be burnt out and not want to even do the tasks that you once enjoyed. So I think physical space, while we have limitations to it, uh, being creative and finding ways that it works for you. Now, if you have all the money in the world, you can go get a storage unit and, or a warehouse or a warehouse, an office, whatever it is, you know, but like, I mean, but not all of us are there in our journey yet, you know? So um, most of us, like we said, are at home. I was at home, you know, but I, like I said, I was very grateful that I had a space and I worked very hard to make sure that my business didn't creep into any other room except for that one room, that room, I could close it at the end of the day and it could look like a bomb went off on it. And I didn't care, you know, cause <laughs> I closed that, but it was one of those things where I'm like, even if I had things in my bathroom, cause I was like spot cleaning something or whatever. I was like, no, it has to leave by the end of the day. I have to move it. And I have to yeah. put it back in the office. I don't want to see, you know, a jacket on my dining room table, you know, or like a huge hall pile that, you know, I had just done a haul or something like that, you know, and then it was on the floor. Like, 
I always like, at least even just like pick it up, throw it in the room, close the door. So yeah, that's just our tips uh, for physical boundaries. And hopefully some of these help you guys out. Cause we know that that one can be tough mm. depending on where you are in your space. Yeah. Agreed. So the next um, topic, right, is the mental and the emotional boundaries. We're going to lump these together instead of creating two separate things because they really do go hand in hand in a psychological aspect. Uh, So these are your not tangible things, intangibles. You can't feel them. You can't touch them, but they exist. They're your thoughts, your beliefs, your values, your opinions, all of those things that go on in our heads (laughs) that we don't always vocalize or we do vocalize. Um, And how do you put a boundary on this. I think this is harder than the physical part. It's hard to not isolate yourself in certain situations or not let your emotions get the best of you and stop you from doing something that you really enjoy or passionate about. Or maybe you're in like hyperdrive in one specific thing in your business and you're ignoring everything else. Like I think there's And then with that comes all of the negative emotions and feelings that go along with it. So it's like, so I use the example and I use this in our Zoom room too, like people who, um, and I, and I joked, and it was a half joke that I think a lot of resellers have a shopping problem or a shopping addiction. And I just think it, (laughs) but but it's, it's a joke, but at the same time, we all get a high off of it. We all get a thrill thrill of the hunt. Right. So it's not a complete lie. You know, like, it's like, I'm not. It's you're not joke. off. You're, you're not, not off, joke, though, right? Of what you're saying, so, mm-hmm. right? I, I think most of us are not in our heads right now. Like, yeah, that is why we all love sourcing. Correct. If you don't love sourcing, you're not listening to this podcast. Yeah. I can tell you that right <laughs> now. <Very> true. <laughs> really but you true. love to source. Why do you love to source? Because you love the thrill of the hunt. Exactly. So, uh, so, so there's that, and I think that we all tend to do that thing that we love the most, which is finding items. And we tend to ignore everything else. And all of a sudden it gets to a place where we're like, oh my God, everything's a mess. My inventory is all over the floor. I didn't put anything away. I can't find that item that just sold. I haven't done my accounting. What is going on in my world? All I've done is sourced and now I have no money left at the end of the month. Like, And, and we've all been there. We have all been there. We've all overspent. We've all done it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And they, and then you've got all of that mental anguish that happens. And then emotionally you're like, what, why am I even doing this? Why am I even doing this? Am I even successful at this? Look at this other person who's posting all these sales that they're making. And I can't even make one in my office is a disaster. And I've got things all over the place. I'm going sourcing and I can't even find anything. And I'm so frustrated when I leave. These are all the thoughts that most resellers are having every single day, whether they say it on social media or not. And I, and I think the only way to combat this is um, finding things outside of reselling that make you feel good mm-hmm. because not just reselling should be making you feel good. Yeah. A hundred percent, you know? So some of these things that we talked about and Daniela, you have here, I love it. Like boundaries, right? So setting up boundaries. So one of the first things that you should really do is set some social media boundaries. That would be number one. It can be very hard to um, see, like you said, other people who seem to be incredibly successful in what they're doing. And then you're just like, I don't understand why I can't get my, pardon, pardon my French, but my shit together. Why can't I get it? Yeah. And it's like, 
you don't know what another person is going through. People are only showing you the highlights, highlight (laughs) reels, highlights of their life. That's all it is. You don't know the process of what it took that person to get there. Maybe that person was in the same headspace that you were in six months ago. You have no idea, you know, but they've had to reevaluate and look at their business and see what, what is working for them. What's not working for them, make some changes for themselves. But to be honest with you, I know that our reselling community is really great and they're very, very supportive and everything, but sometimes it's good to just take a small break, right? There's nothing wrong with that. You know, shutting it off, maybe deleting Instagram just for like a week or something, or, you know, not opening it up for a little bit. Highly recommend. Yeah, I, I do it. Sometimes I take social media breaks too, and, and I need it. And, um, and I've got some awesome friends on there that I love talking to every single day. And there's nothing wrong with taking a small break, honestly, you know, and, And, and not seeing all that and feeling like you need to compare yourself to others. So that's definitely something that I think that will really help you a lot mentally as well. And, um, you know, Danielle has got some other stuff here. Let's see. Um, ah, professionally setting up boundaries. Yes. <laughs> I just think at the end of the day, the, the social media thing in our realm is, is critical to just shut it off. Stop. Yeah. Just, just stop. There's no reason for you to be comparing. There's no reason. Is it great to see what people find? Yes. Can it be also extremely discouraging? Absolutely. Absolutely. As someone who's been reselling for almost four years, I still get that envy sometimes where I'm like, I can't find that. You have no idea how they acquired that item. You have no idea what the backstory is of it. Mm -hmm. They just were at the right place at the right time. Or they sourced it online. You don't like people don't give up their sources. You have no idea. Or another one, the dreaded, like, look at all my packages that right. I sold. Right. Uh, a $5 profit on just, each one. <laughs> you're holding on to like your one packet of the week. Yeah. Like, great. But yeah, like Janelle says, you don't know what the cost of goods are. You don't know, you know, and it's, and Hey, maybe they just are actually killing it and good for them. You know, That's they're awesome. doing it. That's amazing. Like, don't compare yourself. Like you've got this, you can figure it out. But I love, you know, kind of these things is like when you're starting to feel all this stuff, what you should be focusing on is like professionally setting these boundaries for yourself, right? Again, we've talked about organization, right? Organization is not just physical organization, right? It's about like reviewing what is your process, right? What's your schedule looking at? Do you have a structure for the day? What do you give attention to? When do you give attention to? I have to say, having a structure for me personally, that doesn't work for everybody, is what helped me so much in my business for me to have, you know, to be reselling now for all these years. I had to have a very, very rigorous structure. And I know we've talked about schedules and what have we done, you know, but like to give you guys an example, I have to say, and I do pat myself on the back. And I know Daniela is the same way. We would always tell each other that we were very proud of each other, that we never had death piles. Mm-hmm. We almost never have death piles because I am like, I am not going to overwork myself to the point where it's like, I can't, I, I can't do this. So after a while, you kind of start knowing what your limits are and what you can and can't do. Right. So it's like, I knew for myself, I could process 40 to 50 pieces a week. That is what I could do. That was, I was like, all right. So that, I knew that. And I would literally set up my schedule where it was like, I batched work. Cause I knew batch working works for me. Right. So I would do something where I would go 
on really my day, my week started on a Tuesday more likely because Monday was usually like my catch up days. Right. But I would do like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, are shipping days. Those are days that I go to the post office. I don't go every day and running quickly. Oh my God, I need to get the sale out the door. I got to go and like go to the post office. No, even if it like- You will never catch me doing that. You'll never catch me doing that. Absolutely (laughs) not. So it was like setting up days, right? Tuesday was my sourcing day. I go all day. That's all I focused on was sourcing, 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 sourcing. And I would push myself to get to 40 to 50 pieces to find 40 to 50 pieces that way. Which is not easy in New England. I just want to throw that out there. It's definitely not. But that's what I would do. I'd, I'd give myself that goal. Like, like I would be like, okay, try to come home with 30 pieces, but try to hit that goal of like 40 to 50, you know? Let me backtrack. Be- I want to backtrack because people what? want to be like, what do you mean it's not possible? Because of the type of brands that we sell, that that's, that's what I mean. It is very difficult to acquire 40 to 50 pieces of the type of um, average selling price that Jen and I focus on. Exactly. difficult. And also what's difficult too, is that everything is very far away in New England, where it's not like, you know, 15 minutes down the road, there's another thrift store, another thrift store. It's like, oh no, you know, they're like at least 20, 30, 40, sometimes an hour, you know, in between. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Um, Then it would be like the next day I'd be like, okay, this is my day to process all of my inventory. So meaning I would hang it, steam it, measure it, put it in, log it into my inventory system, all that stuff, all the backend work. Next day, photographing. All I would do is photograph, photograph, photograph. Friday, drafting, drafting all my stuff, you know, writing all of, all of those things. Then I had the weekend and all I would do is within all my drafts every day, list five new pieces on Saturday, five new pieces on Sunday, five new pieces on Monday, five new pieces on Tuesday. You know what I mean? So it was like Mm -hmm. every day I had enough pieces to get me through till the next day that I needed to source. And yeah, that's how I, I did it. And that's, we have a very similar process and we always have, but yeah. I, you know, people to me, a money pile, death pile, whatever you want to call it, unlisted inventory to me, unlisted inventory is like when I have maybe 20 pieces on my rolling rack, but those pieces are all accounted for, for the week. So it's not really like, it's, it's not, to me, it's not the same as having a pile of stuff that you haven't touched that you've sourced and now you've just gone to source more. Like the stuff that's on my rolling rack is to account for all the pieces that I'll need for the following week. Um, Renzi has, Ryan and Lindsay, they have a really great process where they try to be um, 60 days ahead or 30 days ahead, I think it is, mm-hmm. but it took them time to get there. So everything that they're sourcing this month is actually for the next month. And it's kind of the same ideology that I've always used, except I don't source in quantities like they do. So yeah. I just want to make sure I have enough for the following week. That's how I do it. And I batch my work. I try to do it. Um, like on a Wednesday night or Thursday night, I try to batch as many photographs that I can. Sometimes I end up doing it on a Saturday in the morning because I've got some time, but I really, truly try not to work on reselling on the weekend. Um, especially Sunday. Sunday is like my non-negotiable. I really don't like we record the podcast sometimes on Sunday, but like, we really don't do anything. I did nothing for reselling on the weekends. Cause that was my time to be with my family. And I would do nothing for reselling after 5. PM when my husband got home, I was done. 
-hmm. you know, and it was really, those were my boundaries. I would start at eight and work till five. And that was my time. And it was like, that's what worked for me. Again, I get it. It might not work for you, but you can figure out what that is, what that looks like for you. I know you can, you know what I mean? And maybe for you, it's like, I have to work after I drop off my kids. Right. Mm -hmm. So I work from like 10 to two, but that's my solid time that I work. And then I can work again after they go to bed from seven to 10 or something like that. Right. You have a schedule. You can definitely figure that part out, but you know, having that structure is really important. And then the last thing I want to talk about is like having things outside of reselling that can help you. Please, please, please do this. Please find other hobbies other than reselling because Reselling probably started as a hobby for you. And then it built and built and built into this giant thing that it is today, right? (laughs) And you need to find other things that have nothing to do with reselling. It's hard. It's so hard. Believe It's hard. We will be the first to admit that it is very hard, but I think the first thing anyone can do if you are physically able to, is just go for a 15 minute walk every day. That's it. 15 minutes. That is it. You don't need to do more than that. A 15 minute walk every single day and listen to something that is mindful for you. So that could be listening to meditation music. That could be listening to actual meditation. It could be listening to a book. It could be listening to a podcast, whatever is mindfulness for you. That's what you need to be listening to, or don't listen to anything. Listen to white noise. Or just listen to white noise. Listen to the birds chirping, whatever it is. Anything. And believe it or not, I'm even going to say, don't even listen to our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Don't. Yeah. Well, you're, well, I mean, unless you really, really want to, which we really appreciate, but I think nothing reselling related, nothing. That's what I mean. Don't yeah. listen to our podcast when you're trying to do something that's like non-reseller related. Yeah. Unless <laughs> you, you really, really like us that much and we're soothing to you, <laughs> which if we're soothing to you, I have questions, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, there's a lot of energy behind these two mics people. So I don't know about that. <laughs> we may start doing video podcasts in the future someday and you guys would actually be able to see what we oh mean God. by energy that's <laughs> awful i feel bad no there's no way give somebody a heart attack with how much hand well, motions hand are going on here <laughs> i mean god she, i'm like latin she's italian you know there's hand gestures going on yeah. all over the place I think we keep it tame for this but like i think we do but I in honest. real life like we're very loud Oh my God. Could you imagine? Very nobody would, nobody would listen to us. No, no, <laughs> but yes, oh, no, Daniela, you're great point. Go for a walk. Just go for a walk. You know, yeah. um, if you don't want to pick okay. up a hobby, go for a walk. <laughs> exactly. Your hobby could be walking. Yes. Seriously. I know people who their hobbies are walking. Your hobby could also be, you know, like getting in your car and going to get a smoothie, you know, yeah. go get yourself a treat or something, you know, just yeah. like anything to get yourself out of that mindset. I think it's really, really important, especially it is important too, if you're doing like, let's say a full day of work, you know, and this is your full-time thing, taking actual breaks, right? So like Daniela said, like in the middle of the day, go take a walk for 15 minutes in yeah. the middle of the day, go out and get yourself a smoothie, go out and get yourself a drink. I don't care. Get yourself a Coke. Yeah. What is that? Or like a something. dollar? Like, <laughs> you know, just go somewhere, get yourself out of your house, out of your space just to reset. Cause I know there's plenty of times where even in my job that I'm doing right now, I have to walk away. Cause there's some times where I'm just like, I can't see the problem. I can't see the solution. Mm-hmm. I'm very burnt out. I'm very overwhelmed. I need some time to go and reset. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what you're doing. You're just resetting yourself so that you can keep going those extra few hours. Right. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, 
hopefully these these tips are helping you guys yeah. out. So we're going to do a little recap here. So the first thing we have is know your limits. Know what your limits are. Communicate with yourself or with your spouse or significant other or a family member or friend. I don't care who it is. Communicate with someone. Sometimes when you're telling other people what's happening in your life and you're looking for other ideas or um, just someone to listen to you, it can really be helpful to then realize what boundaries it is you need to set for yourself. And then we'll be able to help you create those boundaries. Um, Mm -hmm. Burnout, we talked about it. It happens when you're always connected to something, to work, to whatever it is, and you never get a break, burnout happens. And you need to just set some time aside and just be purposeful and don't be reachable in, I mean, unless it's family, but disconnect as much as you can, Mm -hmm. uh, know what you value most in your business, but also what you value the most in your personal life. So this is different for everyone for Jen and myself, it's family, Mm -hmm. um, immediate and, and, uh, extended distant Mm -hmm. doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Um, friends and family are very important. So there are non-negotiables that should be in your schedule and you should schedule those in. A hundred percent. I have my hard, hard lines where I'm like, nope, I am not going to let this affect Mm -hmm. this other part of my life. Cause it's like, again, it's just setting those boundaries, right? Right. Mm -hmm. How will you handle when those boundaries are crossed? Mm -hmm. What are you going to do? What processes are you going to put in place when a boundary is crossed and you don't know what to do? What if one of your boundaries that you had in place was you had a room that was an extra room in your house. And now you have a family member who's going to come live with you. And now what do you do? Where do you put all your stuff? What plan B or C or D are you going to have in place so that, or you get sick or you have surgery. And now what was your own little bubble in your own little space is no longer that. And someone else has to help you with your business. Do you have the processes put in place? for if, if that were to happen, I think that's a really important thing to think about at least, um, create a dedicated spot for work, which we've, I think said over and over again here, (laughs) set specific working hours. I know that you are your own boss, but create a routine and stick to it. Take lunches and breaks, go for your walk. This is true. Whether you work in the home or you work in corporate America, you need to take your breaks. You really, really do. You know what? I thought of another, another thing that I used to do too. Like that could, like, I know we said hobbies, but these aren't even hobbies. Go take a shower. <laughs> a shower can really, hair. Help, can really help you to reset. I'm not joking. Yeah. I had a, a hot tub in my old house. I would get in the hot tub for 15 minutes and just reset. Maybe you live in an apartment complex, has a pool, go to the pool. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Just like literally we're telling you guys like, simple, simple things just to get you quickly out of that mindset to help you relax. Like, yeah, I just think it's most resellers that I know don't have a schedule, um, in the same way that like a nine to five may have a schedule, but even in my nine, it's not a nine to five, but you know what I mean? Um, even there, I don't always have a schedule and I, and I have to create it for myself. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. 
Yeah. You know, I think that that is actually happening to me more and more. I know for myself too, I have a schedule, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it always happens. We have flex hours. So there are times where I do have to work past 5 p.m. There are times where I have to work before 8 a.m. You know, it just depends. But there are also times where my boundaries, let's say something gets crossed and like, or something where I'm like, I can't do this right now. So I have to flex my hours there. I have a plan B where I know, okay, well, if at this time I can't do this, then I'm just going to have to dedicate this extra time to get this done, you know, or like, you know, there's just other, other things like that happen where you're just like, I don't know how to like fix this again, having those plans, those plan B's plan A's plan, whatever. Um, you know, and I think, uh, we had actually Leslie on the call and, and, you know, she really said it best. It's just like figuring out all the scenarios. Like there are, she said, there's, there's 26 letters in the alphabet, pick a plan, you know, (laughs) true. It's so true. And I think as a reseller, if you set specific hours, you can create a better plan and better boundaries for yourself. So figure out what the hours are that you want to work or that you can work and go from there. Maybe you can only work one hour a day. In that one hour, you need to do whatever is the most important to you in that day. So that means you're batching differently. You're shipping differently. You're, you're photographing, sourcing. Everything is different. But you need to figure out what those working hours are for you. And then you allocate whatever tasks need to be allocated during that time. You just have to, you can't do it all. So have yeah. those hours put in place. And last but not least, take days off. Yes, please, 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 please. I know you're like, I can work all the time because I'm here. I can work remotely. It's fine. It doesn't matter. Please don't do that. You're going to burn out so quickly. Please, 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 please take a day off at least one. You know, you have to, you have to, that means don't check the app. Don't check your email. Don't do anything. Don't do anything. Or at the bare minimum, list your new items that you have in your drafts, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and just boom, 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 all done. And then be done for the day or whatever. But you know, it's, it's just, it's really, really important that you set those boundaries for yourself because it is very hard when you have a home-based business, you are your own boss and nobody is harder on you than yourself. Remember that. Absolutely. <laughs> so Absolutely. please be kind, please be kind to yourself, you know, and remember it's a process. Yeah. This is and you're killing time. it. Yeah. You are absolutely killing, killing it. it. Look at what you're doing. You are at home. You are selling used clothes or used stuff online. Like who would have thought like 10 years ago that that could be an actual career. People are making six figures, six figures doing this. And what was one of the main reasons why you wanted to do this in the first place? Because you wanted more freedom. Mm -hmm. You didn't want to be tied down to, you know, a corporation or be stuck in an office somewhere so that you couldn't spend that time with your kids or your spouses or whoever it is that Mm -hmm. is important to you in your life. So don't forget that in your day-to-day. Yeah. Keep that in mind when you're creating all these systems and processes for yourself. What was the main reason why you did this? That's your why. And you got it. You, we got it. We have to reflect on that. And then I think once we realize what our why was, it, everything else kind of falls into place and it's a little bit easier, but we constantly need those reminders. So we're here to tell you, you're doing a great job. We just got to be a little better with boundaries, especially with summertime coming. Come on, like go out, Please, enjoy have it. Have fun, enjoy the sun. Everything's and... open. Oh, finally. It's been two and a half years. Everything's open. 
Go Everything's out. open. Weddings okay. are happening. Prom happened. Graduations are happening. Enjoy this year. Take this time and just enjoy all the little things that we took for granted before everything happened over the last couple of years. Absolutely. And like Daniela right. said, we love you guys. Yes. You guys are all killing it. Mm-hmm. Keep it up. <laughs> we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye.